bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. we got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, September 29, 2015. On This Week in History, September 30th, 1990, marked the funding sunset date of the first extension of the Federal Loan-Compensing Tax Credit. As originally enacted in 1986, the Loan-Compensing Tax Credit was funded through the end of December 1989. By the end of 1989, though, Congress was able to extend funding, but only to September 30th, 1990. Fortunately, the federal credit was extended permanently in 1993. In our general news section today, I'll discuss Speaker of the House John Boehner's retirement announcement and what it could mean for budget bill negotiations. In our affordable housing section, I'll talk about a report on how the number of severely rent-overburdened households is projected to change over the next 10 years. I'll also share news about which affordable housing community leader is retiring next spring. In New Markets Tax Credit news, I'll announce the winners of the 2015 Novogratz Journal of Tax Credits Community Development Quilickies of the Year Awards. After that, we'll move to the Historic Tax Credit section, where I'll talk about a great resource for updated information on the Historic Tax Credit. We'll close out with our Renewable Energy Tax Credit section, with news about a Senate bill that would temporarily renew and then replace the Energy Production and Investment Tax Credits. Then I'll talk about how you can win recognition for your favorite renewable energy tax credit projects. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, as you certainly have heard multiple times by now, Speaker of the House John Boehner last Friday announced that he will step down as Speaker and will leave Congress at the end of next month. The actual date will be October 30th. Boehner has been Speaker since January 2011, and Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy from California is widely expected to become the next Speaker of the House. Now, Speaker Boehner's announcement of his resignation was made as lawmakers continue to disagree on fiscal year 2016 appropriations. If they don't agree on a stopgap funding measure by tomorrow, which is the end of the fiscal year, September 30th, they'll force another government shutdown. Listeners know all too well that the last shutdown was in 2013. That shutdown stemmed from disagreement over the funding of Obamacare. It lasted 16 days from October 1st to October 17th. The issue at the heart of this year's potential shutdown is whether to fund Planned Parenthood. Conservatives were pressing the Speaker to support a stopgap bill that would prevent Planned Parenthood from receiving any federal funding. They refused to vote on any spending bill, stopgap or otherwise, that would allow any federal funding for Planned Parenthood. However, the President has threatened to veto any bills that prohibit any federal funding for the organization. This conflict left Boehner caught in the middle. 
On the one hand, he could back a stopgap bill that included a provision that would prevent funding Planned Parenthood. He would then get blamed for wasting time and triggering a shutdown for a bill that had no chance of being enacted. On the other hand, he could support a stopgap bill that does not include the Planned Parenthood funding prohibition. In that case, he might need votes from Democrats to get it passed. If so, staunch members of his own party would try to force Boehner out of his job if he went that route. So it was essentially a no-win situation for the Speaker. It appears likely that Boehner's resignation may actually help avert a shutdown. Now that his job is no longer on the line, he's free to pass a bill, likely with the help of Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi and other Democrats. Boehner isn't the only Republican leader who sees the Planned Parenthood issue as a losing battle. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell last Thursday experienced the resistance firsthand. He tried to push through a short-term spending bill that would have funded the government through December 11th. Included in that bill was a provision to deny Planned Parenthood any federal funding. The proposal would have transferred $235 million from Planned Parenthood to organizations that don't perform abortions. As expected, Democrats blocked the bill. It needed 60 votes to pass, and it was voted down 47 to 52. McConnell immediately filed a new stopgap bill that does not tie or limit funding for Planned Parenthood. The stopgap funding bill would allow Congress to avoid a government shutdown on Thursday and would authorize funding of the government until December 11th. It would give lawmakers 10 weeks to negotiate a full-year appropriations bill for fiscal year 2016. Obviously, the stakes are high. Triggering a federal government shutdown over Planned Parenthood could damage the GOP's reputation as well as hurt uh, many citizens across the country. Expect a lot of negotiations over the next few weeks on spending and the rest of the fiscal deadlines. I'll keep you updated on the latest news through Twitter. My handle is at Novogratik. In low-income housing tax credit news, the number of severely rent-overburdened households across the country is expected to increase by more than 10% in the next 10 years. This, according to a recent white paper. The white paper was released by Harvard University's Joint Center for Housing Studies and Enterprise Community Partners. To give you an idea of what that figure means, households that spend 50% or more of their income on rent are considered severely rent overburdened. As I mentioned, the number of severely rent overburdened households is expected to increase dramatically. More specifically, by at least 11%, 11.8 million households this year to 13.1 million households in 2025. And a few demographic groups are expected to be hit the hardest. They include older adults, Hispanics, and single-person households. The report found that the need for affordable housing is already overwhelming the capacity of federal, state, and local governments to supply assistance. And that need is only going to get worse. At last measure, the white paper found that 11.2 million extremely low-income households competed for 7.3 million homes affordable to them. That's a shortfall of 3.9 million units. The report also found that the private sector is unable 
to supply new homes at rents low enough to reach low-income renters. As of 2013, the median rent of a newly constructed apartment was $1,290. That amount was equal to about half the median renter's monthly household income. This fact underscores the urgent need for policymakers to consider enhanced levels of support for rental housing, according to the report. The report is called Projecting Trends in Severely Cost-Burdened Renters, 2015-2025. to You can find it at www.taxcredithousing.com. And if you have any questions about financing affordable housing, please contact my partner Jim Kroger in our San Francisco office. In other industry news, the National Low Income Housing Coalition, or NLIHC, announced that its president and CEO, Sheila Crowley, will retire next year. Sheila has headed up the coalition for more than 17 years. And among other things, Sheila has been a strong advocate for the National Housing Trust Fund. She'll stay on through next April to ensure a smooth transition. The NLIHC Board of Directors has formed a search committee for Sheila's successor. On behalf of my colleagues at Novogratic, I'd like to congratulate Sheila on all the work she's accomplished for the affordable housing community. And of course, we wish her well in her retirement. In New Markets Tax Credit news, I'd like to congratulate the winners of the 2015 Novogratic Journal of Tax Credits Community Development Quickies of the Year Awards. The annual awards recognize community development entities that have made exceptional investments in local communities over the past year. Before noting the winners, I'd like to thank all those that nominated a project. The ability to recognize exceptional developments benefits the entire community development sector because this is one of the many ways we could bring attention to the number of economic and community benefits generated by new market tax credit investments. And sharing this kind of information can be essential to gathering support for extension of the program. Turning back to this year's winners, awardees were recognized in five categories. In the metro category, the winners are Citibank, NMTC Corporation, and DV Community Investment LLC for their investment in the Mueller Job Training Facility in the Bronx, New York. In the non-metro category, the winners are the National New Markets Fund and Heartland Renaissance Fund. Their investment was in Blue Oak, Arkansas, in Osceola, Arkansas. The winner in the operating business category is Muni Strategies LLC for its investment in Winston Plywood and Veneer in Louisville, Mississippi. The winning investment in the real estate category has several CDEs involved. Low Income Investment Fund, Mid-City Community CDE, DV Community Investment LLC, SunTrust Community Development Enterprises LLC, Midwest Renewable Capital, and National Trust Community Investment Corporation. Their investment was in the Crosstown Concourse Project in Memphis, Tennessee. Our last category is small business, and the winner there is Essex New Markets Partners Limited Partnership. The investment was in the Care Alliance Health Center in Cleveland. Congratulations again to our winners. And I want you to know they'll be honored at our awards ceremony next month. That'll be during the Novogratic New Marcus Tax Credit Conference in Chicago, October 22nd and 23rd. You can find more information about our winners and honorable mentions 
at www.novaco.com awards. In historic tax rate news, I want to let you know that we're finalizing our new edition of the Introduction to Historic Tax Credits booklet. That's our booklet that provides the basic background and information on the historic tax credit. It was originally published as a companion to the historic tax credit workshops that we present at our industry conferences. This will be the first update since we published the initial version of the booklet back in 2013. That version, by the way, is still available on our website at www.novico.com products. The new second edition will include updated information on the entire store tax credit program. And as you know, there have been some significant changes in the past couple of years. Specifically, the booklet has been expanded to include a discussion of the Safe Harbor Guidelines under IRS Revenue Procedure 2014-12. Like I said, we're wrapping up the new version and expect to have it available for readers soon. I expect to have an announcement about it next week with more information on when you can order it. Turning to Renewable Energy Tax Credit news, Senate Democrats last week introduced legislation that would overhaul dozens of tax provisions dealing with energy production. That includes the production tax credit and the investment tax credit. The bill was sponsored by Senator Maria Cantwell of Washington and was introduced with 28 co-sponsors. The plan was originally announced by Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid and Finance Committee Ranking Democrat Ron Wyden. It features significantly fewer tax incentives than in the current tax code. The legislation also repeals many tax incentives for oil and gas companies. The bill breaks incentives into three areas, which are technology neutral and have a wide application. The three major incentive areas are clean energy, the production of clean transportation fuel, and energy conservation. Among the provisions most significant to the tax credit community is the inclusion of the production and investment tax credits in the clean energy section. The legislation would allow taxpayers to take either a 2.3 cent per kilowatt hour production tax credit or a 30% investment tax credit. The production tax credit will be available for 10 years after a facility is placed in service. Both are similar to the most recent federal versions of those credits. The legislation would also extend both the investment tax credit and production tax credit through the end of 2017 while a transition is made to the new incentives. My partner, Stephen Tracy, in our San Francisco office, says the legislation clearly reflects the Democrats' desire to eliminate subsidies for the oil industry and fossil fuels in favor of promoting a clean energy future for our country. Stephen also says that the bill reflects the importance of keeping the ITC and PTC in place during the election cycle and beyond so that renewable energy companies can confidently commit capital to projects that might otherwise be put on hold or abandoned. Now, unfortunately, this bill isn't likely to pass and become law anytime soon. It does, though, give some insight into what Democrats might do if they were to win the White House and win back Congress next year. This legislation also includes a provision to phase out all incentives once greenhouse gases have been reduced by 28%. Once that goal is reached, there's a five-year phase-out period that would begin. For more information on the bill, go to www.energytaxcredits.com and click on the Legislation tab. 
The bill is called the American Energy Innovation Act. Before we close out this section, I'm happy to announce that we're now accepting nominations for the 2016 Novograd Journal of Tax Credits Renewable Energy Power Awards. Eligible tax credit projects are ones placed in service in 2015 or will be by March 30, 2016. The three awards categories are financial innovation, overcoming obstacles, and small community project. Nominations for this round are being accepted until Thursday, December 17th, and our winners will be announced at our Novogratic Financing Renewable Energy Tax Credit Conference in San Francisco next April, specifically April 28th. You're welcome to nominate more than one project, and you can find more information about the awards, including the nomination form, at www.novico.com awards. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. I invite you to join me again next week for another Tax Credit Tuesday. In the meantime, I'll be traveling to New Orleans this week for the Novogratic Affordable Housing Tax Credit Conference. I'll be there this Thursday and Friday, October 1st and 2nd, and I invite you to join me. We'll have more than 370 attendees, which includes 50 panelists discussing hot topics on financing affordable housing. And the best thing yet, there's still time to register. Go to www.novaco.com slash events. Well, that's it for now. This is Michael Novogratik, and as always, thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratik and Company, LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.